was watching that and I got sad. Like Brian said, the bad news, the series is ending. I'm Janet. Um, I'm a pastor on staff. Welcome um, to any of you that are guests this morning. And what we're going to be doing is going through um, Abigail's story, which is found in 1 Samuel 25. So if you want to right now, just open your Bible to page 293. And we're going to actually, it's a fairly long story and a lot of people don't know it. So we're going to read through the whole thing in two different chunks. Um, but before that, I want to tell you a little story, and it does have to do with what we're, we're talking about this morning. Um, this in May, I actually, I was sitting in my car, and I got a phone call from a friend with a surprise invitation. And that surprise invitation was to go on a sailing trip in the Bahamas with 24 people. I don't go on big vacations like that. It was a surprise. The people on this trip, I, don't, I didn't know. And the first, my first thought was, no way. I'm 54. I'm not going to be on a boat with people in my bathing suit for a week. That is not happening. That's not happening. How do people go to the bathroom on a boat on a whole week? I mean, really, honestly, these are the things that were going through my head. What is in the water? I'm not doing this. And I walk in the house. And I tell my husband about it, and he's like, are you kidding me? Yes, we are going. We're going. So um, we went to the Bahamas on a boat, sailing trip with a bunch of people. And the first day that um, we were going to go snorkeling, our host just very calmly says to us, hey, um, just so you know, if you haven't noticed, you're in the water, you're in the ocean, and there are sharks in the water, in the ocean, and just so you know, before a shark attacks, it does this, 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 and this. And at that point, honestly, I was gone. I didn't even know what he was talking about. I'm like, and he said, so when we're snorkeling and we're in the water, if you see a shark, if any of us sees a shark, we're supposed to put your, you're supposed to put your hand up like this. You make the fist, and then everyone is to calmly swim back to the boat. Right, calmly swim back to the boat when there's a shark in the water. And I was like, okay. I'm out here in the middle of the water, in the ocean, I'm just going to do this. So all of us get into the water, I'm snorkeling, and I'm trying to stay with the pack, right? Because I don't want to meet a shark separate from the pack. And then I thought, nope, I'm not going to live in fear, I'm going for this, the water's warm. So John and I start to snorkel over towards this one little reef, and I look this way, and all of a sudden, our host is right there, and he's doing this. And I look at John... It was a point of decision for us. I'm like, really? This? And he's like, this? And I'm like, yes. So we swam calmly back to the boat and got on the boat. And when we got there, he said to us, did you see the shark? And we're like, no. And he said, there was a black-tipped shark two feet away from you. And you didn't even know. You didn't even see it. Now, the reason I'm telling you that story is because this is us. This is us. In our lives, on the peninsula, whether you're in the water or not, there is danger, there are sharks that you can't see, and you need your community. You need people who are willing to speak wisdom into your life, and then you get the choice. Do I get to listen to that or not? We need to be those people. So let's pray, and then we're going to get in the Word of God. Father, I thank you for... The safety of community. I thank you for that. Because we need wisdom. Desperately. 
And so this morning, Lord, I pray that you would um, speak individually to each one of us, me included, that you'd show us what you have to say to us through your word, and that you would make us look more like you as a result. So we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. So we're going to read through the scripture um, together, uh, and I'll, we'll start with 1 Samuel 1. And before, well, one more thing I want to say before we start. So I was at a crossroads, and when we get to those places of decision, life and death are often at a crossroads. Um, there's some decisions that are not that consequential, but we're talking about those that can bring death and destruction if you go one down one road, and if you go down this road, you're going to have life. And I just want to say this, the enemy, when you're standing at a crossroads, um, the enemy always wants to bring death, destruction, and, and, and just, he wants to kill you. Basically, he wants to take you out. That's what he wants to do. Jesus is standing at the crossroads, and he's always pointing towards abundant life. So receiving wisdom for us, if we can be those kind of people who can hear it and receive it and act on it, we're going to move towards life. So let's read. Um, Scripture says, now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Paran. When di- and then, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I keep reading. A certain man in Maon who had property there at Carmel was very wealthy. He had a 1,000 goats and 3,000 sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was intelligent and beautiful, and her husband was surly and mean in his dealings. He was a Calebite. While David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep sharing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men, since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name, and then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and meat I have slaughtered for my shares and give it to men who are coming from who knows where? David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to his men, each of you strap on your sword. So they did. And David strapped on his as well. About 400 men went up with David, while two stayed behind with supplies. One of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us, and the whole time we were out in the fields, there was nothing missing. Night and day, they were a wall around us. The whole time we were herding our sheep near them. And then he says this to Abigail. 
Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. So here they are. Israel's at a crossroads. Samuel has just died. Um, They've all mourned him. He was their prophet. He was their judge. He had anointed the two kings. Right now, Saul is chasing David, and David's in the wilderness. They're at a crossroads. There's, There's messy things going on. And David himself is at a crossroads because Samuel was someone who had poured into his life. David had watched Samuel govern and um, give wisdom, and he saw his relationship with the Lord, and now he's without that, and he's out in the wilderness, and this happens to him. And then we meet um, Nabal, and Nabal, his name actually means fool. Did you hear in the story foolish things that he was saying? Did you hear, what, did you see, hear his sarcasm? Did you hear his, um, his selfishness and his pride? Here's Nabal. Everyone in Israel knows that David has been anointed the next king. They know that there's warring going on between Saul and David. And Nabal stands there and says, who is this David? Who are you? He's just rejected him. And David, at this point, is furious. And I'm just wondering, um, how many of you really listen when someone comes to you and asks you for something? Like, like, like David's men came to Nabal. Do you listen? Um, in this verse, this, where the servant says, he says this. He said, disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. Nabal is such a wicked man, he doesn't listen to anybody. Do you listen? Do you listen actively when someone brings wisdom to you? It's wise if you do. Um, David, think about David. He's got 400 men. He's out in the desert. He's been protecting this guy's sheep all this time. And he's angry. He's just gotten rejected. He could have taken, he could have taken all the provision if he wanted it, but he didn't do that. He's angry. He's got 400 men behind him who are wanting to follow him. They want retribution. And he is, he's willing to walk into that anger and bring vengeance is what he wants to do. I think something interesting about David is this. He says this in um, verse 21 through 22, and we'll get there when we read more of the story. But David says this, it's been useless, all my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness, so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. So there's a couple of things in there I see. One of them is he believes he's been anointed by God. He's the next king. And in this case, he believes God is with him. In his anger and his frustration, he believes God is on his side. There's some entitlement in that. There's a shark in the water. I mean, if you think about it, when you've been insulted... Don't you like to think that God is on your side? And, and what about like when it's between two believers, two people who believe in Christ? I think God's on both of their sides, right? Not just one. Um, so David is moving out of anger. He's, he's a little bit of pride. His men want retribution. And he's at a crossroads. There's a shark in the water because he's about to do something that is going to bring disaster. And Abigail steps in. So let's read the rest of the story, starting in verse 18. 
So the servant asked her to do something, considered doing something, and she acted quickly. It says Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sayas of roasted green, a hundred cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs and loaded them on donkeys. And then she told her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. She was a wise woman. Not because she didn't tell her husband. I mean, honestly, we would never, ever want to tell you, don't tell your husband, just go off and do these things. But in this case, she was, she's, a, she's a discerning woman. She's lived with him. She sees disaster coming towards her. And I think that says a lot about her servant, who she really trusted. That servant was the one who brought wisdom to her. Said, do something, because this guy, he's going to bring disaster on us. And the other reason she's smart is she sent the food ahead of her. There's about 400 men coming down the hill. And she sends the food. <laughs> she's like, they're hungry. I'm putting them out there first. And then, then I'll come. And I'll have, I have something to say. Um, so we'll keep going. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and she bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and she said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. So as I was doing this, the Lord was just like, um, how about you get down on your knees, Janet? So this is how Abigail came. At the crossroads towards David, which was an angry man bent on destruction, and 400 men behind him with swords. And I thought, you know what? I don't come like that. I don't come like that to people that I love. Or people, I think about David has a legacy in his life, right? She knows he's the future king of Israel. And we know that Jesus came from the line of David. And she comes humbly before this man and she lays down and she says, please stop because you're going to do something that is going to cause so much pain and it's going to take you off track and you're going to regret it someday. And we're going to see that in the story. We have that same kind of responsibility towards one another. Each one of us plays a part in God's salvation story. Our lives are important. Our choices are important. And community is extremely important. We need to surround ourselves with people who will come like that. And we need to come like that in humility. Rather than, I got a text from someone the other day and she's like, well, you should do this and you should do that. And And I'm like, no. Right? That doesn't work. That never works. I'm coming like Jesus, humbly, like Abigail. Um, Let me see where it was. Okay, she says this. Pay no attention to my Lord, my Lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He's just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent. And here she reminds David of his legacy. And now, my Lord, surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, she names what he's about to do. May your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And we won't read this part, but at the end of the story, it's true. God takes Nabal out. 
David never had to do that. We sang, we sang the Lord of Angel Armies today. He's fighting our battles. He goes before us. That's where we, we need to stand. If we feel um, vengeful, angry, if you've been wronged, you need to sit before the Lord and allow him to do what only he can do. He can make things right. And then Abigail says this, and let this gift which your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battle. She's reminding him of what's true. That's true of all of us. He calls us to fight his battles, not to fight against each other. And no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he has promised concerning him, God always finishes what he starts in your life. He will bring it to completion. He has promised you things. He is going to bring them to completion. And when he is appointed you ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or having avenged himself. So she's showing him right at the crossroads. She's standing there with him and saying, if you go down this road, this is death and destruction. But this is the way to abundant life. David desperately needed Abigail. Um, when I was getting ready for this sermon, I kind of, uh, let's, let's go to that sermon. So sir, the slide that says when you see a shark. Um, I don't know if it's up there. So we talked about it. She went quickly. Like you think of a hero. Heroes go quickly. And that is not sending out a random email or that, like the text I got. I have a good friend who thoughtfully prays and writes letters to people when they are in a place where she sees danger. And she tries to present the gospel, present the wisdom of Christ to that person in a loving and kind way that they can receive. We've talked about going humbly, going with provision. I was thinking of this. There's all sorts of crossroads we come up against. Um, I'm going to, one for me that's close to my heart um, is uh, when a woman is found um, in a place with an unplanned pregnancy. And I know this is controversial. People have different ideas about this, but I believe in life and preserving life. Um, But if, and I believe that's what the word teaches, but if you're at um, a crossroad like that with a woman, um, would you just send her an email and say, you know what, this is the right thing to do, and if 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 you don't do this, you're killing a baby, and blah, 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 blah. Would you do that? Or would you bring provision? Would you come alongside that woman and say, hey, Let's reason together. Let's talk about this. I want to hear your story. I want to know what you're struggling with. Some of you know this, but I've been in that spot, and I was isolated. I did not have wisdom around me. I didn't have anybody who was willing to come to me and say, hey, I want to hear your story. I want you to share with me what's going on. I want to show you what God's word has to say about this. And whatever you choose, I am going to love you. I am going to love you. Whatever you choose... And if you choose to keep this baby, I'm going to come alongside and I am going to help you. I can help you. We can help people. There's counselors. There's ways. I've done it. There's ways to walk alongside people who choose adoption. 
Um, that's bringing provision. Now that's an example maybe you have not encountered in your life, but that's what it's, it's talking about. You bring provision and love to that person, not just you're doing something wrong. She went sacrificially. She could have lost her life. Um, she's coming up against 400 men. She's the wife of a fool, the one that just rebuked the next king of Israel. Um, but she's willing to sacrifice her own life for God's bigger plan in that person's life and to save people. And that's what we're called to be. We're called to be those people. And um, I know for myself, sometimes I care way more about my reputation. I care, care a lot more about what people are going to think. And there have been times when I have been asked by God to be an Abigail and I haven't done it. And I've, I've moved in fear or just plain self-protection. Um, but there are other times when I have done it. And I know that it takes courage and it takes um, you disregarding what's going to... You have to leave the results in God's hands. You don't know when you come to a cross. She didn't know what David was going to choose. He might have just killed her, right? It's possible. You just take the risk because you know it's right in God's eyes. And, it's, and you're protecting people, and you do it. Um, there's a crossroads that I, I felt led to share with you uh, when I was washing dishes and thinking about this sermon. And um, it's, it's one that I had with my dad, actually two different ones. One of them was um, when I was young, and uh, he was going to leave our family. He was going to leave. And I don't remember exactly what I said to my dad, because who would at that age? But what I know was going on in my heart was don't walk down that road because there's destruction, not just for you, but for all of us. My dad wasn't a believer. He wasn't around people who would speak truth into his life. And he felt like if I go this way, I'm going to be happier. I'm going to be happier. And that's what he chose to do. But I remember at that time thinking there's, there's going to be death and there's going to be destruction as a result. And what I want to say to you about that is, none of us have made perfect choices in our life. None of us. We've been at crossroads and we've done foolish things. And we have not chosen God's way. And if you are a believer in Christ, this is what he does. He brings beauty out of ashes. There are ashes. That's the consequences of sin. There are ashes. But he brings beauty out of it. And there is forgiveness. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you have to realize there are still consequences for walking down a road that is not God's way. There are consequences. It won't just be for you. Like David would have killed all those people, all those children, all of that. And he would have to live with that. Um, the other crossroads with my dad was I came to know Jesus. And it was really I want you to know Jesus. I don't know what has gone on in, in your life. I don't know your pain, but I know that the Lord knows you and he actually loves you. And so I stood at that crossroads with my dad and I shared with him, this is who Jesus is. He loves you, dad. And there was a long conversation and then he started to yell at me and he said, if there's a hell and I go there, that's the breaks. Don't ever talk to me about Jesus again. So we stood at that crossroads and he heard the gospel, and he heard love, and he said no, as far as I know. 
I really don't know because he died in a hospital across the country and I don't know. God is in charge of all that. My hope for him is that there were other people in his life who shared Christ with him and that he decided, I'm going to receive the love of Jesus. But I just want to say to all of you today, if you are at that crossroads, we are going to take a minute to pray. This is not the end of the sermon, but we're just going to take a moment. Um, Just think of, if you can imagine in your mind, just like Abigail, Jesus comes on his knees in humility to you at the crossroads. And he comes to you with all the provision you need. He died on that cross. And when he did that, he shed his blood for your sin. There is nothing in the past, present, or future that that blood did not cover And he is extending his arms to you in love. And he's saying, come walk my way. I love you. I want relationship with you. So yes, there is eternal life and there's salvation in Christ. But there is a beautiful life to be lived with him here. He sends his Holy Spirit. You get to walk with him and walk with other people who know him. And you get to walk the path of life versus the path of death. So just to take a moment, if that is your crossroads, and then I'll just pray um, to end us. Lord, I thank you that you stand at the crossroads and that you uh, never stop doing that no matter what choice we've made this morning. You continue to pursue us and reach out your hand to us. And I thank you that you have given us all we need. So for anyone today who has chosen to put their faith in Christ, um, in you, Jesus, I just bless them and um, ask for their protection and for community for them. And trust them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. I would say if um, you are that person this morning, Rooted is a great next step for you because you immediately move into community and you will be discipled. That's growing in Jesus. And you'll get to know other people and you'll have those Abigails in your life um, who come alongside So before we end, there are a couple of things I just wanted to say to us um, as a people. Uh, Just what's been my experience um, is that it is not easy to be an Abigail. That's not easy, but we need um, Abigails. We need each of us to be the kind of people that are willing to walk into um, the crossroads and to speak truth. And on the other side of it, we need to be people who can receive. I think of David. And why did he receive Abigail's word? Because the scripture says he, has a, he had a heart after God's own heart. And I believe that's a God, a heart that God wants to do what God wants him to do, ultimately, deep down. And he was willing to lay down his pride and his anger and all those other things and consider, what is this person bringing to me? Is this truth? Is this God's way? And I think of... Uh, A good way to do this is today um, is just a family member, a friend, um, somebody that you trust. Say to them, you know what, I need an Abigail. Are you willing to be that person? And, And what would you tell me if I promise you I won't get defensive or angry? What do you see? What sharks do you see in my life? Where am I walking off the path? Where do I need correction? 
And you can take those things as a believer in Christ and take them back to the Lord and just say, what's true and what's not? There's an, it's safe. It's actually a safe encounter. And we want to be those kind of people. We want the world to see those kind of people rather than people that are fighting against one another. Amen. So that's, let's just pray together and ask God um, to do what he wants to do with, with us. Father, um, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the depth of it and that it goes down and divides um, our souls, our marrow, our thoughts, our hearts. You've spoken this morning, and I pray, Lord, that you would protect your word. You send it, and um, you want to do great things in our hearts and our minds and in our community. And I pray that you would make us much more like Abigail, much more like you, Lord, and that you would help us to be willing to listen to wisdom. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.